thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Guys, we've uh, in Life Central Media Week, we're looking at the book of Philippians. And uh, this was a, a letter that was written by Paul in lockdown. He, he wrote this from prison, literally in lockdown. And uh, we're looking at what are the lockdown learnings that we can dig out from the book of Philippians that I think take on a kind of a new perspective for us as, as we're in this season that we're all in as, as a country and as a planet. And, and in the first uh, chapter, we looked at three learnings and it was these, uh, the first First one is this, that when it comes to the gospel, you can't put it in lockdown. People are meeting Jesus, even though our buildings are closed. The second learning was this, your inlook will help shape your outlook. The Apostle Paul says, what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. In other words, things happen to us in order that things will happen in us. And when the right things happen in us, amazing things happen through us. And as we look in and get our attitude right, it will shape our outlook And the third learning we looked at was this, Jesus is building his church. The question is, will we join him? And as we turn the page into chapter two, there's a very small but really important little word uh, in the first few verses, and it's the word if. So let's look at Philippians 2, verse one to two. And Paul says this, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. I think the Apostle Paul, as he was in lockdown, would want to say to you and, and, and I and us, as he was saying to the church at Philippi, if has to lead to then. If you know Jesus, if you've experienced his love, If you've had anything from him, then it must work its way out, not just in what you say, but also in what you do. Be like-minded, have the same love. If must translate to then. It's not just about what we know, it's about actually what we do and how we behave. Jesus said himself, if you'll love me, you will obey what I command. You can hear that two ways, can't you? If you love me, you will obey what I command. Or you can hear it like this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. If must lead to then. If, guys, if life central, if we know Jesus, it must lead us to something. It must lead us to express something of the love that we have received from him. And then the Apostle Paul goes on in the next verse to say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Alison and I were brought up in the Salvation Army and the founder of the Salvation Army was a guy called William Booth. And William Booth's one of my spiritual heroes and Catherine, his wife. And, and, and towards the end of his life, William Booth was ill. He was old. He was, he'd lost his sight. And he called together a, a Salvation Army Congress, like a conference of people coming from all around the world to come together. And he couldn't attend himself because he, he was too sick. And he sent a telegram, this was a long time ago, and the telegram had one word, and it was the word, others. And the rallying cry that William Booth put out around the world to all of these other people that started this brand new church called the Salvation Army was this, this is not just about you, this is for 
others. And you know, guys, we're learning something in lockdown. We're learning something in lockdown that actually, if we say we have Jesus, if we say we've met Him, if we say we've received comfort, then it must lead us to others. It has to lead us to others. And I think this is lockdown learning number four. Last time we looked at three, we're only going to look at one tonight. And it's simply this, a church that serves the world might just change the world. A church that serves the world might just change the world. And what Joe and the team and, and, and Mark and Jody and many of you are, are, are doing there and, and what we're discovering in this serving time and what we've discovered, been discovering in Open House and what we've been discovering in Food Bank and what we've been discovering in other aspects of our church life. And I think it's been highlighted in lockdown is this, that we have to up our game in terms of serving. Because a church that serves the world might just change the world. And if we've received Jesus, then it must lead us to serve others. I read a tweet yesterday and the tweet said this. Hey Christians, your love should be louder than your opinions. Much, much louder. Now if you're one of those very loud social media people right now, maybe you want to think about that. Maybe our love should be louder than our opinions. I want to give you a few marks of what it means to be a servant. And I think this is true of an individual and it's true of, of, um, of a church as well. You see, because Paul goes on to then say in, in, in Philippians, and Alison will share that with us later, um, that, that actually, if you want to know what you should look like, okay, in terms of serving others, you should have the same attitude, the same mindset as Jesus. And then there's that beautiful bit where it talks about Jesus who left heaven and came to earth to serve those people that he had created. Can you believe that? The God who created us was the God who stooped to serve us. That is mind-blowing. And here's marks of a servant. Number one, you know who you are. Paul in lockdown knew who he was. He says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. Secondly, you choose to see others for who they are. You know, guys, every single person that you lock eyes with, whatever their colour, whatever their background, whatever their gender, Whatever their hairstyle, whatever they're, whether they're tattooed, whether they're not tattooed, whether they're suited or not suited, they are created in the image of God. And it's so important. And Martin Luther King said this, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. And we're going to be speaking a little bit more into this issue of racial injustice in the next few weeks. And I know it's very big in our, in our culture right now. And many of you will have different views and opinions, and that's fine. But we're going to look at what Jesus would say about that. But I think the Apostle Paul would say, you've got to choose to see others for who they are in God. Jesus says in John 13, verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now I think the third mark of a serving church or of a serving follower of Jesus is this, you love and you serve up close, not at a distance. And I love what Jody said uh, in that interview there, that, that now she's got some names, she's got some faces rather, she's got some people that she knows that she can pray for. And that's so important. And I think this is true in the, with the racial uh, issue as well. You know, you know, many people say things to me like, as I, oh, well, I'm not a racist. And hey, that's great, but not being a racist is not enough. 
You know, you know, we have to move beyond not being a racist because we're not, you, you know, we've got, we got to move to anti-racism because we're anti-bullying and we're anti-theft and we're anti-lying, we're anti all kinds of things. It's not just good enough to say, well, I don't do that. And I'll tell you what will make the difference, not just proximity to people who are not like you or me, but friendship. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus gathered around himself a whole bunch of people who were not like him. Uh, and he had Samaritans who, who racially were not like him. And he had women. And he was a rabbi. And, and women weren't supposed to be near rabbis. And, and he had uh, Gentiles, non-Jews. And he had Jews. And he had uh, working class. And he had rich people. And he had scribes and Pharisees and tax collectors and sinners. And he gathered them all around him. And he said, I have called you friends. I've called you friends. Even though you're nothing like me, you are friends. And then I love that, that image in, uh, uh, in, in the upper room there, just, just uh, on the Monday, Thursday that we celebrate, the, 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 the evening before the crucifixion where Jesus gets up with that group of friends and he serves them and he washes their feet after they've had that meal together. You choose to, to, to say, hey, I, I'm going to love you and serve you because you're created in the image of God, but I'm also going to love you and serve you up close and personal, not just at a distance. And then the fourth thing is this. Your love causes you to stretch for the sake of others. To stretch for the sake of others. You know, Jesus stretched from heaven to earth. We're going to celebrate that in a few minutes as we take communion together. And Paul stretched so much for Jesus and for others. And it caused him to be in lockdown. You know, and it caused him to lose his life for the one he loves and for the others that he gave himself for. And in the, the chapter that we're looking at in chapter two, if you look, if you read it through uh, on your own, just because of time, but in verse 30, there's an amazing verse where, where, where Paul says this, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Who's he talking about? He's talking about a guy called Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. And we don't know very much about Epaphroditus. But this little phrase when Paul says he risked his life, in the original language, that word is parabolani, which literally means it's like a gambler. It's like the throw of a dice. And it's so captivating that there's something about this guy, Epaphroditus, that he gave his life for, not just for Jesus, but he gave his life for others. He risked his life. He stretched his life for the sake of others. And it's a little bit like a gambler, like someone who'd, who'd throw the dice and just put it all on red, you know, and just go for it. And in fact, the, the early church picked up this word parabolani and um, they, they used it as a term to describe a group of people. And in the early church, there was a group of people that grew up that were called the parabolani. Now, it's not like Illuminati. We're not talking about Dan Brown or anything like that. This is the parabolani. And in fact, in AD 120, they became this brotherhood. Now, fast forward, AD 252, and the city of Carthage is under siege. And um, what happens is that the people who are sick and are dying are pushed out of the city. And they're literally in sickness and they're contagious and they're dying and they're, they're in poverty. And the church fathers called for the Parabolani. And these Parabolani were men and women who risked themselves for the sake of others, who put themselves in harm's way for the sake of others. And out of that tradition come people like St. Francis and the Franciscans. And fast forward to someone you will have heard of, Mother Teresa. A little old lady on those borders in, in Albania. Who, she comes out of that kind of tradition. Someone who loves Jesus and who risks and stretches themselves for the sake of others.
And I love what she says, Mother Teresa. She said this, I am just a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Isn't that amazing? I'm just a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. And guys, as we head towards communion right now, I think there's a real challenge for us as a church. You know, a church that serves the world might just change the world. A church that serves the world might just change the world. Life central. We will regather eventually. We will. It may, it'll be a long while away, okay? Maybe we'll come back together in groups. Maybe we'll come back together in clusters. and Eventually we'll come back together in larger gatherings. But let's not miss what Jesus is teaching us in this time. A church that serves the world might just change the world. And again, Martin Luther King said, everyone can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Guys, I want to pray right now. And then we're going to take, Alison's going to lead us into communion. And then we're going to worship together as we finish our time. But in, in, the, in these moments, when, when, while we take communion right now, can we, can we, can we just pray? And, and guys, I want to just invite you wherever you are, just to, just to hold your hands out and say, Jesus, I have received so much from you. If then, if you've received the comfort of Jesus, if you know what it is to be forgiven, if you've received His love and His forgiveness and His grace, then what are you going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to hold on to it myself? Or am I going to risk it for others? Am I going to be one of the Parabalani? One of the ones that in the time when, when, the, when, when people are looking for hope and help and, and, and that we're going to be that kind of people. We're going to be that kind of church. I want to be like that. And I hope you do too. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your incredible love for us. And now as we celebrate what you've done, as we remember what you've done, Jesus, we take communion. And then as we worship, and I believe that some of us are going to really lift our voices when we sing tonight. And maybe what Alison does, and maybe we'll draw the curtains a bit and stand uh, and get over our awkwardness and just worship you for who you are and what you've done. But God, we don't want to just worship in our rooms or in our buildings. But God, we want to wash the feet of our broken world and we want to serve because that's what you did for us if we know you then we will serve our world in Jesus name amen